Hello and welcome to another awesome episode of Last Thing Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mr. Toffee. And I am the hacker who took all that Last of Us story details and put it on the internet. <laughs> it was no, you're me. not. <laughs> no, nah, it was not. It wasn't a hacker. It was an inside yeah. job. Everything yeah. is an inside job. <laughs> Last of Us Leaks was an inside job. Should be a hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's been going around quite a bit. Uh, but don't worry. I mean, we are going to be talking about that eventually at the end of this episode. But at the same time, this hot topic's kind of too good not to pass up. You think so? So in the meantime, uh, it is... And it is in a way because it also, we can also talk a bit about spoiler culture and what it actually means in this day and age, especially with someone as prolific as Naughty Dog from the days of Jack and Daxter or even Crash Bandicoot to how they are treating their current IPs right now and, you know, the people who are working Mm. under them and whatnot. Well, it's like a huge cultural say. shift, lah. You know, yeah. yeah. They sold out. They let it get to their heads. They're not the same naughty dog anymore. Now they're just bad dog. <laughs> we should change bad dog. Bad dog. Like, there's actually some pretty interesting gaming news that happened a couple of days ago. So, just something I want to touch upon. Recently, Xbox they've showcased a bunch of new games on the Inside Xbox episode. It's like a, they kind of said there was going to be a prelude to whatever they're going to be showing off at E3, but cannot because... What E3? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But cannot because, you know, that ain't going to happen anytime soon. So they're going to do like video series, much like Nintendo Direct, what Nintendo has been doing for the past few years or so. Mm. Now, the first part, I guess, uh, did you see like a bit of it here and there? I saw like, the whole thing and I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> Ah, of course, of course. I mean, like, the thing about E3 and, like, uh, like ceremonies like that, right? At least there is that unnecessary need for it to be in front of a live audience with all these, like, performances and extra bits to keep people interested in watching a whole bunch of trailers for a couple of hours. But once you remove that and it's just literally like a playlist of a whole bunch of be- uh, upcoming games trailers with a little bit of, like, saucy commentary here and there and, like... To me, I felt like uh, we need to address the fact that this was sadly very much uh, not as advertised as they say because there was the promise of gameplay footage of which we saw squat. Uh, seconds, seconds. I think we have to be a bit technical in this regard, but generally it's like about the same as not getting much at all, per se. I know, I mean, I mean, like, I also remember like back in the old days where people would actually have to push a developer out there with a controller to play the game. No, no, really, it's really footage. It looks yeah. like this. And then like all of us in the audience are especially just waiting for technical difficulties <laughs> it's like and game- now we don't even get the quote unquote luxury of that yeah, anymore luxury dude that was the entertainment you know I mean, yes, that's, that's the was. reason why people go to NASCAR we don't want to see people win the race we want to see car crashes yes yes it's not the same when it's kind of online and I think this is a bit more apparent because it's like trailers 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 developer developer commentary and then trailers trailers you know what's really and- missing or not? they need to add like a laugh track or an applause track and then, like, what, what what would be the one thing we all complain about? You also need to add the, the what do you call, the the disappointing groan of a whole bunch of games journalists. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> or like missing. the awkward silence, yeah. Awkward silence, especially after like you know somebody overzealously tries to promote something. It's like what was that poor kid who came out on stage and like Peggle, and then, like nobody cared. <laughs> Peggle too, and then it jump up and then just back. He did like a sure you could, and then like awkwardly <laughs> landed and walked away quickly, realizing that okay, that was uh, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares, right? 
I don't know. Uh, giant crabs. Okay. Now, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I mean, one thing we do love about like these kind of events is because there's an opportunity for us to pinpoint all the little mishaps here and there. And I do know, I mean, we, we don't mean to be mean-spirited. I, I know people are just going out there to do their jobs and PR sucks. Okay, but... You know, give us something to talk about because if we're just gonna go rattle on about a whole bunch of trailers, I think the only thing we're gonna just address is the fact that, uh, yeah, if you promise us gameplay, you better show us gameplay, and we don't mean like uh, cool little action scenes with all your you know interesting camera angles, like not something stitched up, something that's mm. like uh walk through like maybe about five minutes of a particular world or a segment. Um, I have to admit lah, I mean it's underwhelming, but at the same time. I kind of am looking forward to at least one or two of these. I mean, even though we know it's going to come out for PC or PS4, mm -hmm. doesn't really matter. Because yeah. um, Call of the Sea looks interesting because that's a 1930s style adventure game with that whole hook about a woman finding her husband, trying to find a husband who's lost at sea. And they do a bunch of like outer-worldly kind of puzzles here and there. And did you like that scorn thing that happened? I mean, I think they showed off like that HR Geiger kind of look. It looks kind of interesting bits. to me. And I would say... Eh, <laughs> I'm okay with it. You no, know, because it's like I, I would still harp on the fact that I did not see enough gameplay to be like thoroughly invested in what it is that these products are trying to sell me. And uh, I mean, if you want me to just gauge based on the aesthetics or maybe the thematic choices of these games, the one thing that actually got my attention was actually the medium and bright memory. Oh, bright memory. Um, you'll be interested to know that only that one is actually one guy from China who tried. He actually pushed his game out on PC. This Xbox Series X version, I think, has extra stuff that he gets to put out. I guess for this one game, I guess but it looks so very impressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say yeah. Bright memory looks interesting because for me, I'm very much interested in the technical aspects of it because it's like if this game is going to be promoted as like it was made by one person then it's literally going to be my opportunity to go and shit on every other game like company is like one person made this you have a billion, what's your excuse yeah what's your excuse you have a million dollar budget with like all these production teams and like you're outsourcing things left right center and you can't even do something that one guy made this guy could be hands down the Tony Stark of the gaming industry and I need to pay attention to what he's going to do yes and the thing is like they threw some Xbox money at him and I think it's also maybe a statement along the lines of like how Xbox is like we don't have content and we, we need to remind people that we we, don't, we really don't have content <laughs> I would say <laughs> I think it's more along the lines of is like okay we're really really being supportive of all these indie developers is like and maybe also I have to caveat that with like remember like maybe literally a year ago where they bought up all these other companies yeah um, mm -hmm. Ninja Theory happens to be one of them and so is Double Fine Okay, and yeah, so Psychonauts 2 was apparently supposed to come out this year and uh, no news yet. And it's very hard for me to find information on that because I was actually looking forward to maybe a bit more information on the Psychonauts 2 reveal because I don't mm. think it's purely exclusive because I did see on Steam. That oh, it's no, no, be it's not. This is a previous yeah. promise they've done. Like this game is going to be available for the platforms you asked for when you kickstarted this project. Mm. Their next project is going to be Xbox exclusive and we might probably see that next month or the month after, hopefully. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the the one game that uh, is very near and dear to me, but also that I'm the most interested in. And the fact that they didn't reveal anything about Psychonauts 2 also kind of makes me a little bit worried because I don't know what kind of production issues they're going through. Mm -hmm. Though, like, you know, it would have blown me away totally if, like, Double Fine not only said, like, okay, Psychonauts 2 is going to arrive on schedule this year. Oh, yeah, by the way, Grim Fandango 2. 
Ooh, my, my head boom. would have exploded. Like, because it's Xbox like, exclusive. Imagine that. <laughs> that I would have flipped the table at the same time. God damn it. <laughs> it's the same be- like a lot of people can react it to. Bayonetta 2. Coming out, Nintendo exclusive. That still doesn't make sense in this day and age. And like, why hasn't it been made available on other platforms? It took however long for them to get Bayonetta 1 on Steam, which is yes. the definitive version, officially. Because yep, like, yep. oh, look, proper frame rates. Uh, but yeah, the other one I'm really interested in is uh, The Medium, which is uh, the horror game featuring Akira Yamaoka's music. Yep. And it's also made by the guys who did the Blair Witch game last year. Did which you get to touch I'm that? I'm very much like lukewarm about I touched it and I didn't want to touch it ever again it felt like pretty much by the numbers it's like it's it, it does nothing special and it's basically a movie license game you know like there's nothing spectacularly interesting about it but it but it's not offensive is it yeah I wouldn't say I wouldn't say like they did a bad job I would just say it's just uh, I don't know average it's a very average game and if they didn't have the Blair Witch license, it would have been a totally forgettable game, I guess. The, the trend with horror games, like how it kind of had this weird kind of downward spiral where it was just basically like, you know, somebody shitting out another like Five Nights at Freddy's game. Uh, I mean, like truly horrific games is like, you know, now the new benchmark is definitely Resident Evil 7. Like that game is still Freaky, terrifying. Dude. It's you freaky know, as hell. Yeah. Now, besides Resident Evil 7, then we can point to something like Silent Hill 2 where the intention of the game is literally to scare you or even just to make you have this sense of unease throughout. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it should do it through its atmospherics and its design. So, which is why I'm very much interested with uh, the medium because it really feels like a game that's intent is to scare you and not so much for you to just plow through with like, you know, guns blazing. Yeah. Maybe not so much jump scares. This looks like something that could be just atmosphere... Atmospheric and intense, like as actual Silent Hill game, lah. Yeah, you know, like 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 a very good Fatal Frame game, which is like yes, yeah, where it literally puts you in the middle of the horror, and uh, yeah. So I mean, the thing is, when I saw the trailer, is like okay, I like like I said, I like the thematic elements, and I like also probably maybe uh, the narrative style it's aiming for. So that would definitely be on my list of uh, keeping my eye out. But uh, I don't know. I mean, like, the only other game that I'm actually kind of interested in is Scarlet Nexus. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. That looks very, very colorful. I was like, I wonder who is going to be doing this. The Code Vein guys, the Tales of guys, or another, or the anime licensee guys, basically, in the Bandai Namco. I know. And I found out, I did a bit of research, and yeah, it was actually the Tales of team. The ones who did Vesperia, the ones who did... Uh, Exilia and the one uh, Berseria they're going to be handling this game so I thought it was going to be like a hyper action kind of game but it looks I think it might be gearing towards an RPG action kind of thing yeah and I think that's probably what's missing in this year because it's like we only had one solid RPG come out which is like a Final Fantasy 7 remake yep. and it's like you know when you look elsewhere it's like this would be the perfect time for RPGs especially during the lockdown where you have no choice but to play 40 hour games and you yeah, have no yeah. reason not to beat it this time Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, like, can I also mention the one thing that was the most meh to me? The game where you shoot dinosaurs? Yes, the game where you shoot dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, okay. I literally looked at it and like, like okay, and... Are they trying to make like a Turok comeback or something? Because this aim isn't working. Cause... If you want to do a Turok comeback, do a proper Turok comeback. Because as I mentioned before on this podcast, we need more games with the cerebral board. <laughs> <Yes>. Okay? <laughs> a gun which shoots a nail into the head of the enemy which drains all the brain matter out all over the the, the, the map is like 
why are there more weapons like this? <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, we need more. Yes. Can we also talk about other big mess? <laughs> oh yeah, the other big mess. Um, I believe the Assassin's Creed Valhalla where they just showcase whatever we've been expecting from an Assassin's Creed game. It's like literally they're telling you, we promise you, we have a game. <laughs> yes. But I think the reason why they're doing this is because they know what they're showing off is probably going to be exactly how it was in AC Odyssey and AC Origins. Yeah. Except with the whole um, Norse slash Anglo-Saxons trappings. Just say Viking. History. Vikings okay, Viking. Okay, Viking history. Yes, okay, okay. <laughs> It's so cute. You're trying to dance like, <laughs> what's the V word? Vagina. Okay, the V word. <laughs> Viking history, yes. A lot of pillaging and burning and stuff. I yeah. don't know. I mean, like when I saw the Assassin's Creed uh, trailer, it had the most reactions. It had the most share, especially on my Facebooks where everybody's like all hyped up. Like, oh, wow, an Assassin's Creed set in Norse mythology time. Cool, Vikings. And I'm literally like, so what do you do differently now? Yeah, that's a question that's on everybody's that's, mind. That's the question I've been asking since Assassin's Creed 3. So what's, what's different now? <laughs> I think what they're trying to do here is just capping off from uh, what Origins and Odyssey did in make, making it an action RPG. Because uh, as far as Ubisoft sales and figures are concerned, those uh, the previous two games are like the highest selling ones yeah. since part two, I which guess. was like, what, 2008? I want to say 2008, but it's probably older than that. So. I agree with you. I agree that this is probably part of the Assassin's Creed upswing that we've all been kind of dying for because the game series, not just the games, but the series in general is desperate for a kick in the back. You know, like it felt like it had not only lost its luster, but it was just like a paint by numbers Assassin's Creed was being like, you know, churned out every couple of years. And it's nice to see them like put a bit more effort into it. Though I'm like, it always leaves a, bad, leaves a bad taste in my mouth when I see them put more effort into the production quality or the, anima- uh, the animations. Or- I believe Assassin's Creed Black Flag tried something different and that worked. But then they kind of regressed with Unity and Syndicate especially and a couple of others in between which I totally forgot. I think that's the problem. It's like, you know, like when you say an Assassin's Creed Unity, Assassin's Creed Revelations, Assassin's Creed Revolution, right? Your brain doesn't know exactly which one it is because it's, exactly, it's, yes, it's just like yeah. this blur of like they all feel like the same game. You know what I mean? When did Assassin's Creed become like FIFA? Yeah, uh, yeah. And then the pivot happened, thankfully, when the Odyssey, Odyssey. when uh, Origins Origins came out, and then Odyssey just followed up. Now, what I'm afraid of is oh, and then they also stopped that whole like uh, one year per AC game uh, kind of mandate. Yeah, that's they kind of gave it a break. Yeah, they gave it a break. I mean, like think of maybe last year's Call of Duty. You give that game some time to breathe. You give the developers some time to breathe, and they actually turn out quality product. Yes, and it's like I do understand that you know uh, corporations be corporations. They want to hit the quarterlies and what what not, right? <sighs> but yeah, but unlike those Call of Duty and FIFA games, Assassin's Creed is mostly single players, so it's a bit hard to do follow that sort of like uh, sales mantra and mentality with yeah. AC. I would agree with you there too because it almost feels like you know it doesn't feel like a game that is trying to impress the player more so like to just hit you know certain gross profit margins like eh and then that's what kind of left a bad taste in my mouth for the Assassin's Creed uh, the Assassin's Creed series because it's like yeah you can't just shovel this down our throats every year I think the breaking point for me for AC was definitely between part 3 and Revelations because again that formula was wearing, wearing really really thin yeah so uh, I know I hate to put you on the spot but uh, Revelations is officially which numbered sequel Revelation should be <laughs> under part two, if I recall. 
because I was I mean, ace. I or mean, numbers in terms which, of numbers, which, right? Which game was it after after the first one? It was after um, Brotherhood, and Brotherhood and is the fifth or fourth game. Brotherhood is uh, one, two. <laughs> it's a third game. It's a third game. It's a third game. Yes, no, got it. <laughs> you see so what it's I mean? AC. Okay, it's AC one. <laughs> Here we go. AC two. AC two. Brotherhood. Brotherhood. And then uh, Revelations with okay. the one where Altair and um, Ezio sorted. They didn't team up. I mean, they basically just discovered uh, Altair's dead body. It's like the basically last their version of like Star Trek Generations. Old yes, hero yes. new hero. Like, yep, yep. That's who correct. Cares? <laughs> okay, keep going. And then part six is part three. And then there was uh, Liberation. Liberation was part six. I forgot there was a Liberation. Yeah, you played, you played, that was the first time you played a female assassin, I believe. I think, okay, sure. Okay, I can keep going on, I guess. Uh, there's part four. There's, uh, there's number seven, I guess. <laughs> the, one, the one of the pirates. And then the Freedom Cry is the eighth one. Oh no, I forgot. Oh shit, I totally forgot. Uh, there was actually an expansion after part three. Uh, the one where you fight George Washington, I think. Oh, Assassin's Creed Wooden Teeth Edition? Or what? what are you uh, I'm not sure. It's like it's like an alternate universe where basically George Washington is a dictator and then um, your main character, Connor, has to get spirit animals to fight I'm not making this shit up, by the way. I know, uh, I, I know exactly which one you're talking about. I, yeah, I yeah. It's an expansion, but I feel that it's part of it too, which I totally missed out on. So I'm pretty sure like all our last King fans are enjoying the fight. Like, you missed out this one. <laughs> yes, I missed out on one. Holy shit. I should be... I don't know, you know, I think you know what? I'm pretty sure there's a lot of Last King fans who are listening to us right now. It's like, oh yeah, there was that game. I totally forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then there was one with the slaves, uh, Freedom Cry, uh, after part four. How dare you, sir? Yeah, the one where you have to there rescue was, slaves. There was some also shit. slaves in the Egypt one. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. That's that's like that's like so, later on. So I'm going chronologically. Which which slaves, sir? <laughs> yeah. Who are you calling slaves? Yeah, yeah. We're independent. Oh, and then there's Unity. <laughs> yeah, then there's Unity. There's Rogue and. Oh yeah, that's the Indian Assassin's Creed. That's the Chinese Assassin's Creed, <laughs> and then that's the Russian Assassin's Creed. Uh, the 2D platformers, the ones that's only available on handhelds, right? I mean, on. Oh uh, no, 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 not handheld. Um, okay, I think it was a DLC. No, not DLC. Sorry, it's like a, I think it's like a 30 US game back then on the PC and on other platforms. I don't know which one you're talking about. Like, yeah. I'm one of those assholes who bought the Assassin's Creed franchise sale, whatever, like you know, the their bundle edition on Steam. Mm-hmm. And I haven't installed any one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think now you have time to play through all of these. I heard they're decent Black Prince of Persia clones, I guess. No, they're and not. <laughs> I thought they were. Like they're two D and everything. Do you know the a jumping. decent? You know the decent Prince of Persia clone. Prince of Persia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sands of Time is an underrated game. It needs. Oh, to that's have an a awesome game. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, the, I heard new rumors that Ubisoft might. Go back to the Prince of Persia well. Don't do that that, that nonsense Xbox 360 with the blue turban guy. Like, uh, Oh, the 2008 Prince of Persia, was yeah, it? Yeah, the one where you like you could never fall because your ghost friend would always pick you up. The, the, ah, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The yeah, dumbed yeah. down Prince of Persia. That was strange. Yeah, why yeah. did it that? Can we talk about the other meh? And I'm pretty uh, sure what, this, uh, this is going to be like a 10 second conversation. Do you care about Dirt 5? Uh, probably not. <laughs> unless I have to review it, then yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> Of course, we're gonna love it and review it. Dirt five, <laughs> sure. dirt five subtitle, more dirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they can bring back the Malaysian levels, sure, why not? The Rawang stages. What really? 
Uh, that was actually one of the tougher courses in uh, part two, if I recall. Because of all the potholes and the lack of maintenance. <laughs> More like the lack of maintenance, yes. <laughs> We're keeping it accurate to our country. Don't forget. <laughs> you got to have third world problems with your third world race courses. Yeah. But if there's a focus on Australia outbacks, I guess that works too. Maybe the question I want to ask you is like basically, what can we do with the racing genre? Um, I guess more loop-to-loop, more arcade-like controls. Because I actually did enjoy Forza Horizon 3 and 4. When they decided to not stick it up their own ass and be less of a Forza game and just be a fun racing game once. Yeah, time. exactly. Yes, when they're like, it's open world, you can pick whichever course you want, whether it's the dangerous stuff or like the pleasant drive course. It's up to you, man. Mm-hmm. But, uh, eh, well... I guess like maybe uh, general consensus Xbox Series X gameplay showcase uh yeah false advertising not that much gameplay was showed uh another thing that everybody's probably wondering is like so next month is going to be only the first party titles right so uh next month or July one of these months is going to be the first party stuff yeah. Do you think there's going to be any more like apologies or any more like statements from companies like we apologize for the lackluster showing at the showcase? I'm very sure it's going to be like uh, they're going to learn their lessons from this and just showcase more than two seconds of gameplay. Probably three minutes, four minutes per title. Then there's also like going to be that one guy who actually makes some deals in like the IGN exclusive, the first 15 minutes of this game. And it's just a yes. character in the cutscenes talking to people and walking around like <laughs> the, the, like the I don't know what I'm doing here what am I yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay, here you are in your hub world like look it's a living breathing town like, alright this is cool <laughs> when are we going to yeah. kill, kill something <laughs> uh, but yeah okay so maybe let's have a little fun discussion because uh, you know we need to kind of put a little bit of shine on this situation what is to you the first party game you're most looking forward to uh let's see probably uh, i'm more curious to see how this new halo might turn out this whole halo infinite a banjo kazooie which probably isn't gonna happen <laughs> anytime soon yo i would be very impressed if they decided to like a selling point for the new xbox series x is like here we have banjo kazooie the sequel you've all been waiting for <laughs> everybody's yeah. just like uh <laughs> you know be even better yep the one game all you Xbox guys have been asking for. It's finally here. Exclusive to the Series X. The new Viva Piñata. <laughs> <laughs> that was... Oh, thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah, that like, that's also a remember when that was Remember when that was a quote-unquote system seller for the classic? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> what is this and then after And then after playing it, it's like, oh, okay, I can get behind this game. Oh, it's relaxing, what? yes. Literally, I'm one of those guys where I was like, I'm not going to play this bullshit game that came free in my Xbox. You stick it in, like, <laughs> this is actually kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. I hate to admit it, Viva Piñata needs a sequel. We need more yeah. Viva Pinata. Don't forget. Like part two with HD pinatas and. Why are you talking about the first one? Was already HD. Why? Okay, like maybe HD? 120 <laughs> frames per second pinata. Okay, 120 hertz pinatas. You know, yeah. and then it's like every single like you know candy that you bust out of them has like ambient occlusion. <laughs> yes. FSAA. It's like what? Like oh wow, super realistic sweet textures. Like. I did not know I want this. I'm just <laughs> but happy it's it awesome exists. to look at. <laughs> yeah. That's a waste of technology right there. Ray traced pinatas. Every <laughs> single follicle on every single pinata casts its own like unique shadow. We're like, uh. oh man. You know what's also strange to me? Because it also kind of feels like this would be them pushing the third party stuff. I hate to say this. Uh, peripherals. No talk about VR, no talk about anything else. 
nothing else. No Kinect, no gimmicks, no nothing. Mm, there seems to be no gimmicks for this one. And I think maybe this is, I would say, uh, especially for Microsoft, right? This is actually good news because it seems like, okay, the focus is to make quality games. Because this is them having to learn the lessons from the Xbox One. Oh, yeah, yeah. A machine that ate shit. I hate to say it. It didn't have a point to actually existing. That's What's the problem. What's the point of this existing? And I'm also very, very curious because I think the rumors are true. There is going to be an Xbox without a disc tray. Oh, uh, that's actually that. Um, that might actually happen because I think they're trying to focus more on like streaming tech in terms of like playing games through a cloud or whatnot. Which so I'm, because they're trying yeah. to do that with uh, some games here and there and they're trying to also push out their Xbox Game Pass initiative as well on other platforms too. Which is definitely the way to go because like Xbox Game Pass is the best value for gaming for a lot of gamers right now. And especially if you want to like, uh, I would say like, pull more people into your ecosystem like that's the way to go you should push more of game parts yeah in fact you know what xbox put the xbox games on pc all of them mm. okay yes that would be nice i mean it is true that even since the classic xbox is the hardest thing to emulate but i would say right why even go into that um, market space anymore because i don't think microsoft should concentrate on pushing out a console ever again it should really just focus on being the one thing that it's that everybody associates with Microsoft. It's not your office, no. It's not uh, your Xbox. It's that that you're the the de facto platform to install on PCs to play games. Focus on that. Mm. You don't need to push out consoles anymore. It is probably I don't know if it's hubris or I don't know. It's like I do understand that not, there's jobs at stake, but it's like. Yeah, you, you ran you you ran that horse, and it's it's time for you to retire. I mean, like, now, you should this, be, like, like just make the Series X the last machine they ever need to build, you don't and need then to focus do this anymore. on the gameplay and the game studio stuff. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's like seeing how like you know I mean originally Microsoft was a software develop a software development company that made quality programs and operating systems, and then it expanded to doing hardware stuff. And like you know like okay, honest question, uh, Mr. Toffee, do you own a Surface? Nope, I don't. Do you want one? Ah, uh, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. That's how I feel about this new Xbox console. It's like, do I want one? Not really. Would, yeah. you, would I want one if you gave me one? Yeah, okay, thanks. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. I don't know. Okay, let's not go into that long drawn out discussion where like, do we still need consoles in this day and age? Can we just have two? It should yeah. be just Nintendo and PlayStation fighting out for the rest of the time. You know, like, Xbox. You're you got the PC. I think you're fine. Concentrate on that. Concentrate <laughs> on that. Okay. Actually, on that note, I was kind of hoping if they could actually have like a surprise Ninja Gaiden announcement. Like, that will if never I mean, happen. I know it'll never happen, but a guy can dream. Uh, I'm, I've been dreaming of that since part two, okay? <laughs> part three was so disappointing. You know? <laughs> that shit the bed so bad, honestly. Uh, I wouldn't say it shit the bed. I would say, like, when they added quick time events to a Ninja Gaiden game, it was like. It feels weird. Yeah. What is this? What is this horse shit? Itagaki yeah. or you go, he, he's, oh, he's, he's fired he, he left the company at the time already yeah. anyway so that basically wraps up the Xbox Series X gameplay showcase so uh, from all that dire and downers to a more happy topic uh, Mr. Toffee 
you've been playing a game. Uh, yes, yes. I've been playing a PS4 PC title or Switch title called Trials of Mana. It's a remake of Seiken Densetsu 3 back in the Super Famicom nine days of 1995. So it's an action RPG that's kind of styled like a beat-em-up. You solve a crisis that's happening on that world and then uh, fight the big, big bad guy while also reclaiming the Sword of Mana. And to do this, you got to beat up tons and tons of bad guys in 3D action you played the you played the old game, right? Second and Setsu three back then. Mm, yes, I did. So this is basically Second Dynasty Warriors. Uh, no, no, no. I, it's basically like a. Uh, I would say it's like a remake of sorts, where basically they take they till they still channel the old school, but they've revamped the gameplay like a lot. So instead of having like a top down action game, now it's like a three D action title. Like imagine your Devil May Cry's or your uh, Bayonetta's. So there's combos. Yeah, there are combos, but at the same time, there's more emphasis on dodging enemy attacks because whenever an enemy does like a big attack, it's telegraphed through a red marker or a red spot. So it kind of gives players a cue to when to dodge and when to avoid the attack. So when you start off the game, you get to pick like among all the six characters. You pick one main character and two other companions, basically. How they start off is different, but when they converge, when the three of them meet, the storyline becomes the same. You go to all the eight different shrines to collect the eight different mana spirits, go to the sword, go and collect the sword of mana, and then you go kill the eight bosses, basically. You get to actually change up the AI as well here and there, so they fight or defend. So that's kind of one thing I kind of wish FF7 Remake had, like an AI customization system, so at least Barrett or Tifa won't stand around like idiots while your main character attacks, per se. So what else do you want to know about the game anyway, from your side? What does it do differently? I mean, like, it's a remake, so besides definitely the graphical overhaul, uh, does it change a lot of the gameplay? Uh, in terms of attacks and uh, how the flow of the combat is, yes, the controls I felt here are much more fluent and more freeform compared to Saiken Densetsu 3. I played that on the trial, uh, the collection of Mana series that came out last year. In Trials of Mana, you can actually get the remake, you can actually get through everything, most fights without getting hit, if you're skillful enough. So if you know how to play action games, if you know how to dodge and perfect your times and your combos, you can basically attack, bob, weave, and you know, go back and forth per se, while I let your party members clean up your mess. Uh, but at the same time, I kind of like magic uh, spellcasters, because a lot of your spells in this game, like once you get like all the elements, a lot of them actually track the magic rarely misses in this game. Like your special attacks, your super moves in this game can actually miss if your target disappears or teleports halfway through. But magic, for the most part, it once you lock onto a target, it will home onto the target and hit them. I guess later on it gets easier, but it's still quite a bit of a challenge in trying to get like a perfect run. Trying to get, because when you dodge attacks, you actually get a bonus to your XP and the gold you get. So if you play a regular battle, you get hit as normal, you complete it in like maybe 30 seconds, you get your XP la. But if you complete it like in about 10 seconds or maybe 5 seconds without getting hit, you get more of an XP boost there. So there's a very huge incentive to actually play well. So you get to level up faster. And by leveling up, you get points to actually allocate to your character's skills. So I believe your characters, each character from Angela, Durant, Kevin, and a bunch of others, they have like uh, strength, intelligence, and the six attributes. So each attribute, if you unlock it to the points, you actually get the spell and the skill associated to that skill tree. And the beauty of uh, this child of mana is you have flexibility for the system. You get to figure out where your points go to. You get like 10 points, you get to allocate it any way you see fit for all three of your party members. 
So I think that's like the major thing that th- that this game does differently. I think there's a lot more leeway in how you customize, as well as maybe even uh, respecting or even uh, like if you don't like this where this class is going, even if all the info presented to you, you get to actually use an item to go back to revert back to your original class. So that's different from the original game. Uh, yeah, a little a little different because when the original you cannot once you are set on a class you cannot go back, which I believe it's a product of its time lah. Because while th- I mean back in '95, I don't think you've seen a game like Senken Tetsu Three ever. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, um, the, tra- the the mana series especially is definitely a very under I wouldn't say underrated, uh, but it doesn't get quite the same amount of attention as the other stalwarts of the company like Final Fantasy. Yep. And like Secret of Mana is low-key a, a very good RPG. In fact, one of the best of all time. Uh, oh, and conversely, that game had a shitty remake. So I believe Trials of Mana is like yeah. the company's huge apology for that travesty. I wouldn't say that it was the intention from the beginning. I don't I don't think like, oh, yeah, we're so sorry that the Secret of Mana remake or uh, was so badly received. Here's our apology. I think they were just literally... I mean, it's like, a bit of love in the series, lah. So at least you can see that in yeah. Trials compared to the Secret of Mana remake. I mean, like, let's not be naive about this because it's like, before you release Bionic Commando, you need to release Bionic Commando Rearm to see, you know, you have to test the market, see how many yes. people are actually interested in this IP before they even pay, like, uh, more money for a slightly larger variant. And I would say, like, you know, the Secret of Mana remake was not... The intention wasn't just to, like, you know, uh, remaster or, like, I would say... It was a cash grab. Definitely. It was a cash grab. It was, it was not, but I think it was also maybe just you know uh, fishing for data to see like okay what kind of interest that this this would spark, mm-hmm. and I guess right now the the trend is to remake classic games because everybody's apparently running out of ideas, huh? Mm-hmm. No, like hey everybody likes Resident Evil Two remake, you know, and I think maybe like the cynical question like would be like okay is this a game that is a cash grab or is this a game that is really sincerely trying to not only appease like uh, fans of the classics but also maybe present a gameplay mechanic or something new that maybe new gamers or people who have never experienced the series uh, would enjoy actually yes uh, this is actually a good intro point for people who want to see what the big deal the mana series is this actually like the trials of mana like there's a huge like difference like change between the original and the remake like it the remake does what it's supposed to do make sure that remind people that yes this was a game that existed back then but at the same time this was made for like 2020 style of people playing games per se and that's what this game does well cut out the fluff go straight to where the fighting is basically like did any of the original team come back to work on this game again because um, like- in terms of in terms of developers i think the guy who worked on the combat system back then he sort of came back as an advisor or as a producer for this one. Yeah. But I know the musician came back, Hiroki Kikuta. He did a really good job with the remake of the soundtrack. Um, what I'm not a fan of is some of the production choices for the game. Which I is- mean, let's just, let's just put it out there that the obvious, the money, I mean, the game is running on a particular budget because I don't know why this game needed voiceovers. Because after hearing both the Japanese and the English dub, after 30 minutes, I kind of wish the entire game went mute. You know, like how you want to actually get invested in the story and then all it takes is just one bad voiceover to make you not give a shit and just skip everything all the way through? That's just my experience here with Trials of Mana. I've never heard anybody go off on a voice actor before. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, again, production <laughs> style. Or even the gra- Okay, actually, I like to also talk about the graphics. Like, they're serviceable. I mean, you've seen trailers of this game, right? The remake. 
Yeah, it looks fine. They're fine, but in terms of like upping the ante, I kind of prefer the sprite work of the 95 per se. I, I, I mean, it does... Uh, Trials of Mana, at least the perspective changed. Like instead of having it like top down, it's told that that 3D thing kind of makes the world a bit more vast. So there's a bit of a plus point of the remake, but it's not as timeless per se as how Trials of Mana was back then. But I mean, you're talking about the the visual fidelity. You're talking about the designs. A design, design, aesthetics, choices, everything. Just a design. I mean, it's serviceable. It's fine. And in fact, there are some things they improve upon, like the scope of the world. But in terms of like timelessness, that remains to be seen. But you're being a little bit unfair because you're comparing sprite work to 3D models. I guess so. But again, these, again, a remake is supposed to, in some way, maybe supersede what the original did. But again, this is all like nitpick and sort of, I guess, I'm, I, in a way, it's like more nitpicking per se, but... I mean, they were okay. They're serviceable. I mean, but not what like would, what would you prefer? groundbreaking. Like, I guess the watercolor kind of aesthetic, like in the original per se. Or like but, Okami like that. Okay, maybe one step below so that there are actual lines or, I don't know, like preserving what what 95 mana did. But then like they don't have the budget for that, you know, because I think Exactly, that, that's the thing. So I, I think mean, this game was heavily hampered by its budget. <laughs> that's for sure. I see. Uh, There's also a new game plus, but I haven't tried that out yet. So I think you get to start back at level 30 or so with the with different characters. Is there a difficulty slider or is there any difficulty options? Uh, no, uh, the game is set as ifs. Yeah, so the difficulty is based on your level per se. So, but new game plus is definitely a little bit more tougher enemies, a little bit more challenging bosses. Yeah, and you also get to see how your other boss, how, how the other final bosses you get to fight because when you pick particular characters out of the roster six, you get to pick your different final bosses. So there's a bit of replayability at the end if you want to pick, you know, other characters and other different combinations. Oh, that's also one of the bad thing I kind of want to mention. Um, there is actually no multiplayer in this, in this game. Is it necessary? Um, I feel that if you played the old Secret of Mana and Trials of Mana and you kind of expect like to play, uh, to play like online co-op, you feel kind of cheated in a sense la, because the most fun I had with Secret of Mana is because I had two people with me on the couch playing through the entire game from start to finish yeah but I mean that doesn't exist anymore because everything is like you need, you need to do the online model because basically they want to sell two copies of the game of course of course um, I kind of wish there was actually an online component but again maybe budget reasons is the reason why they don't do that so I'm kind of hoping that if there's a way to kind of do like a co-op multiplayer mode for this game in the future patch uh, assuming that the game is still getting received warmly um, yeah just do that maybe in a couple of months or so once they figure out the net coding I because the Trials so. of Mana is a co-op game still I true and true I, I doubt that's ever gonna happen it's wishful uh, thinking I guess and I don't think I there's know. enough people clamoring for this kind of thing yeah it's still kind of niche but uh, I guess what I'm saying is like this would be like a nice starter thing for people to get into the Mana series yeah, especially if they want to go and buy the old collection of Mana games to but see what did, the fuss was about. But that entails, you know, servers and netcode and all sorts of other things that I don't think the budget is A lot of mess. Them. Yeah. yeah. You so need to justify ask, that you're, shit. You're literally asking them to carry another rock, sir. What are you doing? Leave the developers alone. They worked hard enough. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> hey, yeah, and another thing, okay? Make the graphics better. It's like, we have a budget. <laughs> There's a coronavirus going on. <laughs> hey, if I'm reviewing games, you gotta point out some things here and there but anyway my whole my, my general consensus is this is a game you should buy it's i'm i mean i'm very feeling very very positive about this game and i kind of wish more people actually took note of this other remake because it actually does a lot of things right in some regard here and there mm. anyway so trials of mana heavily recommended 
Oh, heavily recommended. Yes, if you're looking for a nice action RPG fix with a lot of customization, a lot of post-game stuff, and a really awesome fighting, a really awesome combat system. So if you're a fan of the classic series, uh, don't feel that you're going to be scorned by having another shitty remake. Uh, this is something that's been built from the ground up, something that you as a fan who wants to see this taken to the modern era. Okay. Yep, with limitations especially. They worked well with the, within the limitations we mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're hampered by the budget, but like, no fault of their own. At least they're exactly. a quality product because the gameplay is what really matters, right? So there you go. Uh, Trials of Mana, recommend it. And uh, in our final segment, we have to talk about this, huh? Yeah, we're gonna have to. Um, but so yeah, so Last of Us Two got leaked apparently, which we mentioned a couple of podcasts ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think this is probably the one episode where we kind of maybe we're gonna need to maybe talk about it a little bit, our thoughts, and where we can go from there. So maybe just a bit of context. Like after this game has been delayed a couple of times, one time I think it was uh, earlier this year. And then because of the pandemic that happened, it got delayed again indefinitely, which I don't know, maybe this, I mean, I guess you and I were okay with this, but I'm not sure about other people because... Yeah, there's a lot of furor about this game because apparently it's a very, <clears throat> it was a very popular release, the, the first yeah, Last of Us. Highly anticipated sequel, especially with the pop a lot of people gave and they re when they revealed it five years back. Yeah. Mm. And uh, yes, uh, halfway through... I guess a couple of months after that delay in the inevitably news, apparently someone hacked into the servers of Naughty Dog and basically revealed... That's the new official story, like, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the new official story. Yeah, yeah, people thought it was an inside job. We'll get to that later. So I mean, like, let's someone, address it right now because I think like everybody's been pretty much wrapping the story around the fact that some disgruntled employee from Naughty Dog and then because it's an opportunity for them to tie to the, the other story where a lot of the people who do work at Naughty Dog are not getting paid, especially during these times of crisis where a bit of a salary could be necessary for the grocery yeah, money. exactly. And it's like, you know, we can be uh, super cynical and say like, hey, is it a hacker or is it an inside job or maybe it's all a big cover up? Mm -hmm. And I think this is all just an unnecessary distraction to the fact that like, is this game going to be worth it at all in the, in the end? Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you think? Do you think like maybe like these, these are the kind of news stories that to me, like to me, when I, when game news is all about like these kind of things, it's like, okay, I'm not, I, I really am not that interested to be super honest. I mean, it's fun to talk about and it's fun to speculate, but it's like, uh, yeah, but what's go what's going to convince me to buy this game at all? Uh, that's going to be a tough part considering that you have mentioned time and again, you're not a big story guy. You're always all about the shooting, the gameplay, the mechanics. Last of Us, the first one at the very least, has always been, I guess, part action, part kind of, not really even survival, honestly. It's like, uh, you just have to survive through wave of enemies, kill the... It's a slightly better uncharted. There's not much climbing per se at all. Yeah, exactly. Or platforming. It's just more shooting basically and going through the paces of like uh, what happens when America or even the world gets overrun by Cordyceps I mean, zombies. There are climbing. There's those weird like... Uh, oh yeah, the water the thing. I almost forgot. Yeah, that was a bit where you're in water. Yeah. And like climbing doesn't happen in Uncharted as much because basically the game is set piece, walk section, puzzle section, climb section, set piece and repeat ad nauseum. Which like, has always been Naughty Dog's thing when they released the first Uncharted. That's like been their shtick. Yeah, so. I mean, their shtick is basically these big bombastic set pieces and like these big bombastic set pieces with all these performances. It's like, uh, I'm a fan of the first Unch 
the first two Uncharted. Part three was like all right because they didn't seem to be doing anything with the gameplay. Part four was uh, like again everybody was just saying like oh it's such a send off for the Nathan Drake character and eventually he's gonna he's gonna live his life now in movies which I doubt that's ever gonna happen since they can't settle on the director. Yeah, uh, and it's like for me like this whole news about the the, the Last of Us leaks right like I like my point of view is this is like uh, it's kind of strange to me how the cutscenes of a game can affect the buying of a game. Yeah, that's a strange thing because uh, what was leaked was basically like an hour and a half full of cutscenes and a little bit of gameplay, which we're not going to spoil much here at all anyway. But if you don't want to tune out, you get it. You can tune out. This is like your final warning, yada, yada, yada. And here no, we go. But I think that's the discussion I want to have is like basically is like, why does that matter? It's Don't you want to play the game or is it like, is this like some feature film that you, you're going to just, you need to experience the story? And I can pretty much like if you want to experience the story, why don't you just wait a week and then like freaking Markiplier will play the whole thing on his channel for you. Then there you go. If you're so interested in the story. I think the uh, the anger that comes from the people who are complaining is the nature of the spoiler, the nature of the story, how it unfolded. Hmm. Um, generally, they killed off a pretty major character, but we don't know when. That's the thing. It's like this is all done like, this, this, this leak was all like out of context basically so you don't know what's gonna happen but it's shown clear as day that someone major in the game got killed off Ellie, so, Ellie dies <laughs> yeah yeah Ellie dies yeah sure sure but that's what people <laughs> are being disgruntled about in fact I just look at my Facebook feed and I saw a couple of dudes who post up like shit posts about like the Last of Us being this kind of game like an SJW sort of I don't know what the hell they even got got through this for like they're, they're oh. basically shitting on the developer, they're shitting on the producer, they're shitting on the people who work so hard angle? on this game. I'll go with huh? this angle. I literally don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We shouldn't care. This is like, again, out of context. We should not care, but somehow people uh, do for some is, reason. This is the kind of like thing that annoys the fuck out of me. It's like, oh, it's like, remember when we were reviewing the final season of Game of Thrones? It's like, Arya Stark shouldn't have killed the, like, the Night King. It's like, who cares who killed the Night King? This sucks anyway. Yeah, it sucks <laughs> no matter what. Yes. And it's like, um, I mean, that's the thing. Is like that's probably gonna be the eternal question about like you know modern video games, video games for me. And this is like, well, this is like something the discussion we've always had since the very first episode. Is like none of this really matters. Why is it that people feel the need to be drawn to such hot button topics like this when it's clearly like, yeah, ask a fan like it's strange to me when you ask a Last of Us fan like okay what's good about the game what oh, the story what do you do in the game huh they a lot of people say the pilots I guess but but yeah that's, that's all, that's all I can like, have going on that, for there's yeah. a play action like what so what do you do no lah you can take like weapon you can hide then you can go here or like any other survival game. action game you mean like Uncharted? You mean like Metal Gear? You mean like so? What what makes this special? And I think that's probably the one thing about Naughty Dog, is that they used to be the game company that made an Uncharted, which balanced storytelling with good gameplay. But now it feels like like how I feel about Telltale Games, where it balanced with like a good idea of like basically a choose your adventure, with strong uh, performance of of story, right? And the thing is like this is the thing I keep mentioning is like for much of the late 2010s the games industry is pushing towards things that gamers really don't care about which is like story and character development and it's even more obnoxious to me when you go to something like the VGAs and they try to treat it like the Oscars 
where it's like like oh he, he's the game director and he, he best like ga- uh, uh, performance right it's like yeah but that game's not fun yeah yeah why, why is he getting an award for like you know acting into a mic it's like alright you know like because like the running joke is basically a lot of the people who join the game is- industry to be storytellers are like failed filmmakers who could, didn't quite make it in Hollywood or whatever scene they were in and it's like you know what I'm gonna just write stories for, for games cause then I can be creative that way but there's like, actually a line of work there. I mean, there are games like the upcoming Vampire the Masquerade, which uh, I believe some of the writers actually came from a game journalism slash uh, storytelling background. So there's game that. journalists are not making money anymore. Sad to yeah. say. <laughs> Sad to say, yes. There's too many of them out there. And like I think also uh, it's come to a point where, you know, like gamers are smarter than people give them credit for because we can tell when the shill is shilling. I mean, sad, exactly. Sad, sad but true is like, yeah, yeah. Uh, this game is a nine upon ten. All right, you got paid. Cool. I'm not. I'm still not gonna buy it. And I think that's probably like, I like the fact that you brought the SJW element because when that was that is something I noticed too, where they say like, oh, they're they're ruining it with the uh, with her, uh, what what do you call, with her same sex relationship or. Oh like no no no! That was actually okay. That's one, and then there's yeah. actually another character in the game, new to Last of Us Two, yeah. where they, we don't even know honestly that the person is a guy or a girl. To be honest, they never stated, but a lot of people are making assumptions, dumb assumptions, honestly. That shit doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. That, that's what really like annoys the hell out of me. Is like you're not even talking about the gameplay. This is a yeah. video game, which is probably going to be the same as Last of Us One. Probably more cordyceps to kill and more. Random, random thugs or random looters, I, mean, I guess. I, I hate to say this, but I'm also gonna harp back on the fact that, like, why I felt the entire like Microsoft Games X expose slash their version of Direct was super lackluster is like, all every time I see a game trailer, the first thing that pops in my head is like, so what do I do? What is the thing I need to play? Like you're just showing me fluffy cutscenes or introductions that you're showing me your market asset basically. Yeah, you're showing you me PR shit. Like this is nothing to do with the game, and this is like the frustration I have with every fucking E3. Is <laughs> like, all right, that's that's a nice. Okay, trailer. okay, okay. Give some credit to some. Like, Nintendo Direct actually did show like, okay, you do this, you do uh, that. They're like not five minute about, segments for I that. I never complain about Nintendo Direct. Nintendo Direct is the only like outlet right now that really feels like they care about their gamers they know what they need to show that's the best part yeah not only did they know what they need to show they're not like so caught up in their own hyperbole where they feel the need to like it's it's also kind of feels to me there's a lot of marketing and PR people who are involved with the industry who probably worked at other like departments or other not not say departments in other um fields of industry like oh like uh who's in charge of uh marketing for xbox oh she or he used to be the marketing manager for coca-cola and it's like oh you love taste it's the same great taste blah 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 and it's like hey what do you do (laughs) you know what i mean there's this kind of very disparate uh lack of i think uh congruence between the, the mindsets of gamers and also games journalists and also pr people and also game developers because there's this like huge weird like cultural shift where and this is something I noticed like say since maybe the the, the early PlayStation era because mm-hmm. if you think about it right like the the core gamer audience has never been gigantic like I'm very much on the side of like if say a PS4 sells 7 million units right only maybe 1 to 2 million are actual gamers 
the rest is all stocking uh, like stockings stuffers birthday presents corporate gifts or like you know stuff like for some asshole to own in his house like oh look I have a PS4 what do you play on it oh but I have a PS4 we know those kind of people you know what I mean and it's like that is basically ever since maybe that generation and the one after that especially after the PS2 generation when like games went HD and you got all these weird extra people who entered kind of like the the gaming population and these are just people who like dropped some hard cash on a plasma tv and they need something hd mm. because it's like you know i don't need a blu-ray player right now because there's uh, i don't see the need to uh, evolve from dvds oh but games now need to be in 1080p and then like you know we had this entire conversation all over again like you know literally like a couple of years ago and like okay 4k is a thing now who cares you know what I mean? Like, you need something to play in the end. It's always yeah. Does 4K make the game better? Nope. A shitty 4 game, a shitty game in 4K is still a shitty game. Yeah. You know, and it's like yeah, I don't also go and harp on about the fact like n- nobody cares about the graphics. So like whenever people tell me like oh Xbox is gonna rule this next console generation because they have the most teraflops, and what do you play on those teraflops? You're gonna play an Assassin's Creed game, which will probably be available on PC anyway. And, and it'll probably you. be similar to the last Assassin's Creed game that came out. So okay, yeah, and it, which is why I'm very much interested in games like, uh, basically, Bright Symphony. One guy made this. Okay, that's cool. That that will be interesting, you know, from a technical point of view. Like, okay, let's see what one guy can pull off. So like, when Last of Us trailers got leaked, right, and then the story just spread like wildfire. Where like, oh, okay, people are now like warning other people. Oh, don't pay attention to the internet because there's Last of La- Last of Us leaks floating out there, right? And I saw the leaks and I thought like. Yeah, this is not convincing me to buy the game or not buy the game. Yeah, because it's, it's always like, going to be the final product in the end that matters. Yeah, yeah, and it's like the the strange thing is right. Imagine if they leak gameplay footage, like oh, here's a demo where we show this new mechanic, where now you can do executions and like oh, okay, now then I would be interested. Like oh, I didn't know you could do that. Or I mean, or like, oh, here's some team play mechanics, you know, that are actually more interesting than press X to lift person to ledge. Which is hap- which happens way too much in the too first Last of Us game. <laughs> yes. It's like you're literally like at the side of a wall, and then like, like I think I could just climb up here. There should be yeah, a button. Yeah, nope, to nope. Press. You gotta have to push Shelly up or something. Oh yeah. no, it's not even that. It's like, hey, maybe I can climb through this vent, and then you have to wait for her to emerge, and then she's like, okay, I'll lower a rope, and then like you have to press X to catch the rope, and then press X to tie the rope down, and mm. then you have to heave, and then you have to climb, and it's like, and it's like, okay, this is dull as hell <laughs> and then there'll be like this pretty cool action sequence like what I love about Last of Us Part 1 was the upside down uh, shooting uh, section oh where, you were suspended uh, upside down right if, yeah were you? and then oh, it's okay. like it totally messed with my perception and like that was the only highlight for the entire game for me like okay this is cool because it's really forcing me to concentrate and then like left is not right right is not left you know what I mean and it's like like seeing things in a different perspective is like to me I felt like okay now this feels like classic Naughty Dog where it's like Okay, we, we, we're going to try and, uh, how do you say, change the way you perceive this world or perceive the game elements and the game mechanics. But other than that, it's basically a collect fest. Get weapon, go to the next scene, listen to cutscene, shoot, shoot a couple of guys, shoot a couple of things. And it's like, it felt so uneventful. Now, I'm not saying it's a terrible game. I'm just saying like, it's exactly like a lot of other games that exist right now. Yeah, yeah. Except with that Naughty Dog production values, PlayStation, yeah. um, first party I mean, people take thing. too much stock in things like story because it's like, if story is what's going to determine your reason to buy a game, then like, oh, okay, firstly, I'm not going to even acknowledge you as a gamer. It's like, <laughs> you're just one of those people who like, 
uh, who who needs to own things or needs to be in the conversation with bunny ears. You know what I mean? The FOMO group. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, Especially yeah. It's like like how many people claim to love Skyrim but they have never played it because there were just so many memes of it. Because it's like you have your non gamer fr- friends like saying like Fools Roda and like they even know or the arrow to the knee shit. People that is just so tiring, dude. I remember yeah. how obnoxious that was? It's like okay, yeah. I get it. You're aware of uh, things that I care about, but it's yeah. like you know, stop mis- like stop. Yeah, then, then when you start asking them what do you like about the Dark Brotherhood uh, side quest or the Thief <laughs> quest then they'll be like what the fuck <laughs> you know you'd be like did you go vampire or did you go werewolf and they'd be yeah, like yeah. Uh, I don't know I got an arrow in the knee yeah that's funny <laughs> right ah uh, uh, okay cool vampires so, oh. for life by the way <laughs> I, I went both <laughs> I oh good for know. you good for you you did your homework <laughs> man <laughs> I had to no because there's that one bullshit achievement to get all 13 daydream artifacts right oh shit shit so you okay, had to okay. join all the factions and not piss off anybody you know how mm. many relationships I had to juggle with that <laughs> especially once you started when you joined the bullshit assassins like guild it's like what you know like I can't be friends with them now yeah huh? <laughs> you know how many save files I needed to, to pull off that achievement yeah it's crazy okay. and guess what it didn't even unlock fuck you <laughs> Bethesda yeah. for making me replay that game twice which I thoroughly enjoyed I mean, like when you when you when you talk to a gamer, what they care about Skyrim, right? It's like, I, I, for me, I love the fact that there's actually a broken skill tree where I can one shot dragons with my bow and arrow. Or a glitch you can exploit by talking to people, basically, and getting a particular skill by. I think oh, there's the, a lot of glitches. There's a lot of glitches for this. I mean, there are too many to be honest. So. Remember the original glitch where basically, hey, if you want to get like money really fast, just keep farming, building like those iron daggers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when that, you that. when you sold it back, it actually like you you made way more money when you <laughs> bought the material. And, like when you <laughs> bought the material from the blacksmith and then you just built it and sell it back to him, you actually profit. It's like, oh hey, I can I can like definitely boost my blacksmithing here. Okay. Uh, looks like I'm gonna be a heavy armor type now. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's the thing that's the kind of conversations gamers should have it's like yeah. like to me it feels like a lot of fluff a lot of negativity and it's like when they attach all like this o- edgy- a lot of negativity over nothing to be honest it's all over yeah. nothing you know and it's like even worse it's like oh all this SJW content is gonna ruin the game SJW content never ruins anything it just ruins <laughs> conversations yeah and I'm you not I mean? saying that characters... I'm not saying that people who did the story or even direct The Last of Us should stop fleshing out characters like Joel and Ellie. I mean, keep that. But yeah, make, I, sure that game, make sure that gameplay is always going to be balanced out like what you did for Uncharted 1 or Part 2 or 3, yeah. per se. I mean, I totally agree with you because I think for a lot of them that this is more like a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it, let's just And be the fact that spoilers can give people power, which is also kind of, all kind of sad as well, too. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's strange to me. It's like when people say like, oh, have you completed the game? Uh, don't tell me any spoilers. You fight the final boss and you win. Yeah, you, you win. <laughs> you, you, the, the story ends. Oh, then how? Well, I, I don't know. I don't care. Like, well, what's the ending of Metal Gear Solid? Solid Snake dies. <laughs> A lot of stuff happened. <laughs> that only matters if you played through. You don't, uh, really, you, don't, you don't get to see that many Metal Gears, unfortunately. You see Old Snake, Solid Snake, Limp Snake, Flaccid Snake. Venom mm. Snake. Um, uh, too many snakes, right. dude. Yeah. When it comes to like also the treatment of Naughty Dog with his employees, right? Like, you know I mean, like I would love to do a little bit of conspiracy theory here. Let me put on my tinfoil hat. Yep. Maybe they leaked it out to test and see how people would react to it. That is one conspiracy theory. Okay, mm-hmm. because a lot of people 
back in a couple of years have leaked purposely leaked trailers, but we don't have proof of this. It's just like we don't have alleged, proof. alleged. Yeah, this is all well, alleged. But let's follow the money. Let's follow the paper trail because, yeah. like, I think, like, uh, I think also when you brought up the SJW point, right? Because it's like there is a lot of that that is it exists in a lot of modern pop culture stuff, and I'm aware of it, but it doesn't necessarily affect the way I enjoy things mm-hmm. because to me, all of it is a moot point. But yeah. I think. Like, do you think this has, this has something to do with the fact that uh, a lot of new like pop culture stuff, like say, let's say Birds of Prey, or say even maybe what they did with Batwoman TV show, right? Is like you know they all definitely have very SJW agendas, or they have very like progressive uh, left leaning agendas attached to these characters, which never existed in the first place, right? I think this is also <laughs> prominent in. Uh that Supergirl CW series as well when they oh. had when uh, the Supergirl's sister had a relationship with one other girl it was pretty cool but again it doesn't really affect me if it's not I don't know I mean if it if it, if it, if it, if it services a plot sure why not if wait it, Supergirl lessers out in, in the TV show I think so yes yes I want to uh, watch it now I totally lost interest <laughs> uh, yeah I think she's dating the Martian Manhunter, Manhunter's niece or something um McGann, I forgot. There was another. It was another Martian, not McGann. But anyway, the point is like these things. They don't really affect it as long as it makes sense in the story. You know, I mean, if that was a good story, sure. If not, I mean, then it's just lazy writing. You know, because like that's your point. I, I like that. Like your point of view is like if, if it makes sense in the story, it does not detriment to your enjoyment. And then like yeah. guys like me, I'm the absolute extreme where like nothing in the story ever got me interested. Unless you're giving me something like a Disco Elysium, or unless you're giving me something like a Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. It's like when yeah. you really go above and beyond to make this extremely interesting, it's like, okay, then I'll notice. Mm-hmm. You know, that, okay, I, I really paid attention to this. Like, that was very well done. Like, for me, like, again, I'm not a story fan. I really enjoyed the story in Borderlands too. Like, mm, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It all led up to something kind of interesting. It's like, oh, okay, I, it actually got to got me to pay attention. And yeah, but like, it never sacrificed the gameplay at all. That's the best part. It worked it, well together. I know. I mean, I mean, like, like for me, when it, uh, like when games go woke, it's like it doesn't really make me feel like they're lesser games, because it's like even if they weren't, what do you do? You yeah. know what I mean? Like for me, take a, like a very good game. Like take take something like Street Fighter, and then like okay, we have uh, Seth is back and he's got tits now because we want to appease to all the the transgenders or the the, the non binaries. Like you know what my first reaction was? Cool. I like the so, combos. <laughs> this guy, so sure, like why not? Combos. Now I Seth's like the fact that Pungo came back because of Seth in a way. So oh, he's back good. out of retirement because good. of yeah because of Seth. He basically plays like SF4 Seth, but with new SF5. Uh, V cancel shit so yeah but guess what because a majority of fighting gamers don't care about shit like that nobody yeah. made any noise yeah 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 it's like yeah, this it is matter. funny to point out but that's it I mean it's just more like a humor point you know so yeah. that's it but uh, the thing is right I think also in here in Asia that doesn't matter because we don't have any of those kind of like agendas attached to it, like the way we think or the way we do things exactly yeah like when people complain like there isn't enough Asian Americans in like uh, there isn't enough Asian representation in video games have you not played a fighting game they're all Japanese (laughs) (laughs) your main character Ryu is Japanese what more do you need have you not played the Yakuza series everybody's Japanese what are you talking about there's too much Asian representation in video games alright oh gosh and I will say this right um what I want to get to at the core of these leaks, right, is uh, it's strange to me 
and this is something that I'm struggling with, right? It's just that I don't understand how story can affect the quality of a game because it seldom, or in for me especially, never has. Because it's like for me, I'm pure gameplay only. But I do acknowledge and I do admire and respect people who actually put effort into the story. And yeah. if it if it plays out, it plays out. And, and there are some people, unlike us, who actually like the story more than the game in some sense too. That's why yeah. they play Last of Us, Uncharted, and so forth. Yeah. And like you know, and again, you know the 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 the, the absolute extreme is like a Telltale game. It's like it's just basically a story where you just press the skip button, no, not press the next cutscene button. Yeah. And it's like you have the option to to do to go to watch this cutscene or this other cutscene where something else happens. Mm. And it's like yeah, I don't I don't understand how that's fun. So it's like if this doesn't affect me, and I'm really wondering if there's anybody out there who kind of feels the same way I do, where it's like. When did when did spoilers affect the quality of a game? Yeah, yeah. Like I could never answer that question properly because it's like if you told me like for say at the end of Resident Evil Nemesis a, a Jill dies, it's like all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's sad, but yeah, that's okay. Sure. <laughs> so she she's not gonna appear in the other game. Like, but video game logic dictates that she appears in a Marvel vs. Capcom game anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because and I she somehow came back to life in part five. So there you go. Yeah. Because. Video games. video games yeah <laughs> <laughs> because comic books because superhero yeah. stories is like there's no finality to it because it's like every, everything here feels like there seems to be like this strange uh, vocal uh, majority vocal minority or is minority it? slash majority I don't know it depends because it could be the minority for some people it could be the majority for some people it depends which vessel you decide to stick your head into yeah and, un- and hear the unfortunate echoes from everybody else yeah, and like, uh, for people who are pissed off about Last of Us leaks being leaked out, it's like okay, I would definitely be on the side of like I really pity the poor uh writer, the performers, who really wanted this to be something special that they wanted to kind of release in a way, because like to me I felt like okay you know imagine if you put together a really awesome movie. And you have this really cool idea or this really cool surprise ending, and it's yeah, just a spoiled. surprise ending or a twist, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, I get that. I get that how that can affect the, I would say, the buying decision for some people because it's like, oh, you, they play for the story. They're the ones who choose the tell me a story difficulty. <laughs> Where yeah, but, the, but, but, but then you mentioned the keyword there play. The game isn't even out yet. And, and the game is not even out yet. And you kind of need... The only way to actually judge this or even judge it for yourself properly is to wait until June the 9th or earlier when the game is out on shelves, which we'll, we'll be doing anyway. So. shelves? Okay, game stores are closed. We're on the quarantine series. Okay, out in the digitally download it online, <laughs> you know. Yes, that's a proper term. You know, I love the fact... I love the fact... We, we're never going to get any more uh, GameStop stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm so glad like uh, uh, but I wasn't really looking forward to this game because The Last of Us like the first one felt like yeah, this is good for what it tries to be but I don't put it in the echelon of exceptional video games other people do and I and I totally respect that that exists mm-hmm. and I also kind of find it strange that why are you upset about them spoiling a story if the game is all you care about yeah and I'm actually on the opposite side of the spectrum where I'm actually more curious now how this plays out 
the story and everything. Like, how are they going to turn this to gameplay? How are they going to turn that? And I'm hoping they do something different, but probably not. So, but we'll see how it goes, right? But isn't yeah. it sad to think like, oh, I hope they do something different, but they're probably not. Like- <laughs> I know, I know. Because again, once you've played a Naughty Dog style action set piece, I think you've almost played them all. It's just how oh. they execute it in the end. No, no, dude, I'm not knocking them at all. It's like, it's, it's if you're good at one thing, go for I it, know, dude. I know, go for I it. know you're not knocking them, but imagine that on the box art, you know, that's the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the sell quote right there, Mr. Toffee. If you played an Naughty Dog game, you kind of played them all. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Thanks. That, that's like a backhanded compliment, damn it. You, you just sold another one million copies. There, which yeah. the thing you said, well, I've played a Naughty Dog game. I guess I'll get this one as well. Yes. I also buy Assassin's Creed games. <laughs> yes. I somehow oh. can recap all of them for some reason. <laughs> I own all of them. Haven't played a single one. Why? Yes. Uh, I don't feel like it. Because <laughs> if you played an Assassin's Creed game, <laughs> you've played you them probably all. You played them Kinda. all. <laughs> I don't know. I think we can end it on that note, right? If you, yeah. Video games. If you played one, you've played <laughs> I yeah, know. Uh, yeah. I will, I will moral of the story here is play the game before you judge things. So, yeah. moral of the story is right. Don't you have anything else better to do than bitch about cutscenes and spoilers <laughs> in video games? <sighs> really? This is this is the only thing that's taking up your day right now. This is so important to your life right now. Yeah. Okay, I, I've been uh, the unofficial final ending for Last of Us Part <laughs> 2 where Ellie has a, a lovely lesbian marriage uh, on the top of a zombie pile. Yep, <laughs> yep. And this has been the giraffe in Last of Us Part 1, <laughs> Mr. Toffee, signing out. They killed the giraffe. He didn't deserve it. <laughs> yes, he did. He was an asshole. He owes me money. <laughs>